Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? Man, it is a slam jam-packed week of podcasts. And you know why? Because the Detroit Lions are heading out to Green Bay, Wisconsin on Monday Night Football under the lights. And there's so much to talk about coming off the bye week. Our Lions uh, playing pretty good football. You know, that that record's not bad, but we, we would love it to be better. So I thought, why not do another podcast? Uh, one of my longtime good buddies, a guy that's a totally Lions diehard. I mean, uh, he's always uh, drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid and uh, couldn't think of a better guy to uh, have on the show. So do a little bonus show for the uh, Kool-Aid drinkers out there. I've got the big Hughes in the building. Hughes, what's going on, buddy? What up, man? How are you? Oh, man, tremendous. Uh, just Super glad I could get you on. I was like, man, before this game kicks off, I got to get Hughes on the podcast. And the main reason was because I don't want Hughes saying after the fact what he thought. I want to get it on the record. I want to hear from the man himself on how this game is going to go down, what kind of strategies he's looking at, how the Lions are going to get this dub ski, as we say. And uh, so I'm super excited to talk to you today, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super pumped. The game's, you know, about 74 hours away as we're recording on a Friday (laughs) night. So just kind of. Tick tock, tick tock till Christmas morning, man. But can't wait for, can't wait for the kick in Lambo and just to watch all those Gouda heads cry themselves asleep. <laughs> oh, that's an inside joke for all the people. He was used to always like when we lived in different cities. He'd call me like, you know, twelve hours out and go tick tock, tick. Like, just so hyped for the game to get kicked off. So yeah, man, count down those those hours, minutes, and seconds. So he was, we don't mess around the Kool Aid cast. How about we get right into this thing? Absolutely, let's do it. Hughes, we, we, we could dance around. We could ask all types of other kind of meaningless questions. But let's just get right down to it. How are the Detroit Lions, the front four, the back end, T-Walk in in, playing that uh, back end of our defense, how are they going to stop the man we like to call AWOD, Aaron Rodgers, this clown, this jabron that's always back there dancing around, laughing, talking to the referees, throwing it all over the field, acts like he can't be ever stopped. Like, how are we going to deal with this guy? Because, man, would I love to shut him up in his own house. Break it down for me. Oh, are you talking about the guy who chugs beer like a 17-year-old girl? That that Rodgers? Yeah, about? he's cho- ah, choking yeah, yeah. on a six-ounce there in the uh, front row. and Yeah, that, that Rudy Poo. Yeah, that yeah. guy. He's the guy. He's the guy ordering Michelob Ultra because he doesn't like the carbs. I think he. I think he's doing Zimas, Hughes. <laughs> Absolutely. So here's the, the thing, Jolly Rancher. Is is you and your counterpart on the show? I'm not going to name his name because you know. Well, you know. You know. But he's talked about a little bit of this one guy that we paid a lot of money to. Hasn't really done much. He's just kind of getting his feet wet. Well, 
I'm coming on the podcast today saying we are going to have an unbelievable coming out party on national TV by the one and only number 90 Flowers. Finally, every, he's going to play an unbelievable game, shut everybody up, put pressure on Rodgers all game long, and just make it a nightmare for him. So I'm calling it right now that this is the breakout game for Flowers. Hughes, I, I love that you say that, and I love that you call Grifka on it, but because Grifka makes up that Lions contingent where if the guy doesn't blow up his first three games, he's ready to run him out of town on a rail. This guy got paid $90 million over five years. Who's This guy, when he has been in there, you see him playing the nose, you see him playing mm-hmm. the edge, you see him all over the football field, he hustles. When I see him in the locker room answering questions, I'm like, I'm proud this guy's on our team. He's stout. He's big. He's He's got a little bit of quiet nasty in him. Like, I absolutely love this guy, and I'm totally unworried about the numbers, but I agree with you that, you know, he's getting better every game, and this could be a game where he just gets after number 12 and puts him in the ground, as I like to say a few times. So uh, lo- love that take, man. I, I think, you know, they're just going to have to keep him in the pocket. I-, I don't like when Aaron Rodgers gets out of the pocket. I don't like when he, like I said, is able to dance around. Keep him in there. Uh, squeeze it, you know, from the edges and, and from the DTs. Get pressure up the middle. And uh, I think as long as you get him off his spot, get him rattled, knock him down, even if you got to take a little bit of a penalty early, just just get him flustered. I mean, the guy usually does not play that well then. He can get in his head, and, and he can be had, no doubt about it. So um, I think that's that's the big part of the game. We can just shut the show down, Hughes. Thanks for that's coming. It. I appreciate yep. it. <laughs> Flowers uh, disrupts everybody. Game over, 35 nothing. Lions lets everybody go home. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, man, I wish it was that easy. I think this is going to be a great football game from top to bottom. I, I still pinch myself that I'm going to be there and got tons of fun plans. So I think it's just going to be a great road trip. But, uh, Hughes, let's flip it on the other side of the ball. The Lions offense. I, I really think Matt Stafford's been really good. I, I've really liked what Bevel's done. I think we spread the ball. You know, unbelievably, just uh, you look across the board and we got guys that are catching 100-yard games. We got carry on starting to come on, um, you know, all types of things like that. And uh, I've just been really impressed. So so what do you think about our offense in general since we haven't had you on in a bit? And just mm-hmm. what are they going to do in this game to, uh, to give the uh, Green Bay fits on the defensive side? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sure was nice you know, the Kansas city game, finally seeing what this balanced offense is that we've been hearing about for a long time, but, you know, watching carry on just run up and down the field for 125 yards and Stafford throwing the ball all over the place to all these different receivers. It was great. And I just think if we keep that momentum moving forward into green Bay, <clears throat> that should be able to have the same kind of effect. I mean, you know, I feel like the biggest matchup for us is making sure we're keeping Preston Smith, off of Stafford because he's got a pretty good matchup against Ricky boy over there on the right-hand side. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, he has a big game and we keep Preston Smith off of us. And, you know, I like our wide receivers compared to their secondary. And I think Stafford's just a smart guy. I mean, he's learning the offense pretty quick and, you know, we keep carry on healthy, keep pounding the rock with him. I think we have a controlled game. Keep Rogers off the field. Dubsky. I like it, man. I, we've really seen the Stafford where he's still making those special throws, but he's also kind of, you know, within himself. You know, he's mm-hmm. not just running around sling and he looks really controlled. Uh, you know, I, I've harped on the podcast a couple of times. I really do not like 
you know, some of the sack fumbles where he's just not, again, I'm more of a proponent of just, just cripple yourself and go down. If the pocket collapses, take the sack, we'll, we'll punt and move on. But sometimes when these guys are trying to make plays and they just let the football get out, just, you know, play, pull the old Peyton Manning, just, just fetal position, go down and live for another day. But uh, yeah, I love what I've seen. And, and I think the lions are going to be so tough if they can stay healthy because, I love that. Pick your poison. Like, yeah. all right, you want to you want to deal with with Kenny. All right, like we'll throw it to Hawk over the middle. You want to take away Hawk, uh, we'll sling it to carry on out of the backfield. You want to take away those two? Uh, oh, we got Marvin Jones on the other outside that can can catch you short, deep, whatever it is. I think that's a winning formula in the NFL. Just being able to say, all right, you guys tell us what you want to take away, and then we'll go work off that. Rather than, oh damn, they took away our one or two good players. Now what are we going to do? Yeah, and without a doubt, and and one thing that you can see a difference between this offensive coordinator and ones in the past is that, you know, if he needs to make mid-game adjustments, he can make them. He's not going to just stick to the plan that he had. He will make them if necessary if the defense is all over their plays. Like, you know, they'll start running the ball, they'll play action, whatever it takes, and I mean, I feel like him and Stafford are on a pretty good clip right now, and, you know, let's get it. Let's win. Holy moly. It's over. (laughs) <laughs> there's been an incredible, you know, just, Hey, we have a, you know, experienced offensive coordinator. It's been pretty, you know, apparent from the get go that there's sure. a big difference between him and JBC, just from a, like you just said, adjustment standpoint. And, you know, I, I hear, here's my, uh, here's my Matt Pat, you know, from adjustment standpoint, you know, a play calling standpoint, you know, uh, running the ball standpoint, you know what I mean? Like he's just got everything going for him. And I, uh, I love it. I love watching this offense every Sunday. It's been a been a much different, much better in my opinion. I think it's something they can sustain through the year. So um, l- let's keep this thing moving, Hughes. We've got uh, Aaron Jones. This guy, you know, blew up for four touchdowns. He cost me a fantasy week uh, mm-hmm. last week in my pro football focus league, which uh, that's a story for another day. But uh, this guy's had a lot of talent from the get-go. They, they really split carries last year with uh, Jamal Williams there. I think he's still out either with concussion or some type of somewhat major injury. So you know, this is pretty much the guy they, they feature him. He can catch it, he can run it, he can hit the home run, he can grind out yards. I mean, he's a pretty tough football player uh, to to deal with. Uh, how, how do you slow him down or what do you do with them trying to feature Aaron Jones probably against us? I think I think this is a big game that we need out of old number 40, Jared Davis. Um, yeah. you know, we got we got him back uh, from his, his injury. He didn't really play that great, uh, as Griffith would say, over the last game that he played, but – I feel like, you know, getting him somewhat more towards 100% healthy and back in that defense and hoping that Snacks plays up to what Snacks can play up to and keeping those offensive linemen off Davis so he can roam free. I mean, if we get that, I mean, that was the strength of this defense, you know, last year was our run stopping. We just haven't played up to the ability that we can yet. And you just have to hope that, you know, with the repetition and the injuries that these guys get back to, you know, what they can do and hope that Davis has himself a ball game. Yeah, I, I like focusing on Jared Davis. Before I, um, you know, uh, give my take, uh, if you're going to steal Grifka's catchphrase, you at least got to do it right. Can, can you give me a, you're not that great, a Grifka style? Uh, no. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll do Grifka style like, well, he's not that great. 
<laughs> okay, I, I really just wanted to bell you was the main That's reason, fine. but uh, you, you know what is great, Hughes, is that we're like four or five questions into this pod, and I'm not frustrated, I'm not having to yell, I'm not having to get after, I'm not having to deal with uh, SOL or, oh, woe is me. I mean, that's been a nice change, I must say. It's, it's mean, fun when you get two people that believe in the team from top to bottom on a pod, it's pretty different. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, so Aaron Jones, like I love that you circled JD because to me, Jared Davis is a guy that, you know, you, you look at his ratings, you know, the PFF ratings and stuff, and you kind of can think one way or the other about the guy. I, I don't go into many football games where by the end of the game, I'm just shaking my head about Jared Davis or thinking that he costs us the game. If anything, he's just somewhat out of position every once in a while, or maybe, yeah, maybe you'd love him to just diagnose quicker, whatever the case is. But I think he's been completely fine overall as a football player. I mean, I, I, I notice him when he makes good plays. There's probably a, a play or two a game where I'm just like, Oh man, you know, maybe next year he'll make that play. Not right now, but uh, his speed, his speed's great. I think that, like you said, he's sort of that, that uh, work hard captain in the middle of the defense. And I think he can, he can kind of get after Aaron Jones from a speed perspective, as well as just being, you know, in that middle flashing from sideline to sideline and, and not letting this guy break any big plays. I mean, between him and, and Tavai in there, we got some thump and some ability. So, you know, I, I think you're right to keep your eye on him. But like I say, I've never been a guy that's really that down on him. You know, mm-hmm. I don't expect him to make every play, but I also expect him to hustle his butt off, be out there and, and make the good calls and lead the defense. And he seems to do that, in my opinion. So, 100%. And, he, and he's got to bring with him some, we'll use a little John Cena phrase here, some ruthless aggression and just go out there and play <laughs> like a madman. Oh, absolutely, man. He's He's got to be like, He's got a – we haven't seen the rush really this year, have we? Like he, he no. was really getting after the quarterback a little bit last year, which people got excited about. But I can't remember any sacks or where he just – you know, what what I love in the Patricia defense is when they're in the middle and then they just see something where like, okay, the running backs didn't break out and then they just shoot it, you know. They just A-gap it and say, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to go get the quarterback then. I've seen that a couple times, but I don't know that it's got home from number 40, but I know a few no. other players have said, Hey, screw it. I'm going to go get the quarterback. And they've got him down. Yeah. Christian Jones, Canard's done that a couple times. Yeah. So, I think to has got a sack too. He did that. Right. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what he does, but a, a good guy to focus on is a, a key piece to this football game. Um, you, you brought him up earlier. He was, you might as well circle back to the Smiths as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got the two Smiths on each edge. I remember when, you know, green Bay signed those guys as well as, uh, Amos on the back end, they drafted Savage. We kind of said, hey, you know, they they did upgrade their defense, you know, and that's been the case. They've had a better defense. You know, hey, congratulations, Green Bay. You finally realized that you actually sort of have to play defense in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers is, uh, well, you know, not that great anymore he's uh getting older nearing the you know upper 30s 40 years old so like you know yeah that's helped their football team but I mean what do you do with the Smiths you 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 mentioned Ricky Wagner over there I know a lot of people were beating up Taylor Decker I really haven't heard his name called since he came back from I think it was a back injury or whatever it was I mean he Uh seems to be doing pretty decent Stafford's got the time he's always you know, says he's happy with his old lineman, but I mean, do you chip, do you help? Do you just sort of say, Hey, we're better than you, um, to the Smiths? I mean, what do you do? Yeah, I think, I think initially you start with, Hey, we're better than you. I mean, you got to kind of have that confidence in these guys, 
Uh, you know, I hate to always bring it back to money, but when you pay Rick Wagner that kind of money, you have to assume that he can take on a Smith by himself. So I think that's the game plan you start with. And then if you realize that, hey, he needs help, you know, that's why you got this prefla of tight ends that you signed with Logan Thomas out there or TJ or Jesse James to have a chip to help out with. But, I mean, <clears throat> you're right. That's a young defense, but it sounds like Savage is going to be out. Um, Jair Alexander's been playing good, but King on the other side has been struggling. So I think there's definitely opportunities for us to take advantage of some of the, you know, pieces they have on defense. And then that Bumsky from University of Michigan who hasn't done anything all year so far is on that team. So, you know, he might he might come away with something. But, yeah, I think you start with just playing man up. And then if that, that can't happen, then you got to chip away with the, the tight ends or, you know, fullback, running back, whatever it is, just to give Stafford enough time because I think there's definitely advantages to take shots downfield against this secondary. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I was a little distracted because I think did, – did you say the word struggling? Struggling. Struggling. <laughs> did you happen to intimate that Rashawn Gary is an NFL player and maybe in college was – I don't know. Struggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think they might have some challenges there too. And, and like I said, you know, again, to – to not but also beat up on Grifka like he goes on this show every week talking about how bad Rick Wagner is and he's ready to cut him like do you remember many times this year where we're just like saying wow Rick Wagner got is a turnstile he got beat up like I I don't even recognize him most weeks Mm -hmm. even even Joe Dahl I was all like what are we giving Joe Dahl an extension for and like there hasn't been one week where I was sitting there just banging my head against the wall like seeing Joe Dahl get beat like a you know government mule out there it's like he's been fine they've all been pretty fine you know Taylor Decker had that one awful game oh my gosh let's get rid of him he had one bad game it's called the NFL right like it happened you know Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. This is something, Hughes, when I looked back, this is funny, I looked back a while ago at like one of our first shows we did, just me and you working off like a, I don't even know what we're using, probably like Apple headphones just hooked into our phone at that point. Now we're uh, souped up with a little bit better set up here but uh one of our topics was the ceiling for kenny galladay it's mm. actually one of our most listened to shows of all time a lot of people interested in that and if you uh, went back and checked that out and i know me and you both had some interesting things that was sort of like as he was turning the corner and you were coming around on him and i was continuing to say this guy's going to be the number one he's got everything you look for like Talk to me about Kenny this year. I feel like he's still looked great. He continues to progress. He's big. He's physical. He's smart. He's humble. Man, I I feel like this guy's going to be, uh, you know, a highly paid guy and just also a guy we want to keep around for a long time. I really like, like him in a Lions uniform. He's just got everything I look for in a football player that plays on the outside. Yeah, and, and the one thing that I really like about Kenny is he seems to be consistent. Like he's not one of these receivers that will flash you an unbelievable stat game and then like disappear for five or six games. He's somebody who will put up consistent stats, but more, more so what really sticks out to me is like the dude makes big catches when they need a big catch. Like that's, 
to me, that's really what makes Kenny Kenny is that like if you need him to make a play or make a play on the ball, he will do it and he will make some unbelievable catches. He just gets up there with those giant hands and just grabs it and comes down with it. You know, those two two touchdowns because I consider – well, actually, I'm going to say three touchdowns against Kansas City is just an example of them. I mean, how does the dude get his feet down like that? That's unbelievable. There's no way you can do that if you tried to, but he found a way to do it. I that mean, is incredible. Yeah, exactly, Jim Rome. And <laughs> it's just – like, I just – the growth that he has had, and I, was this year two or year three for him, is just unbelievable compared to, like, when he started. Yeah! 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 Yeah, man, right there with you. I mean, like, I did bring it up, and, like, I'll be interested to see. I mean, Bob Quinn has done so well with those meat and potato, like, first, second, third rounders that have all pretty much turned out are all starting. Like, I'm curious when Kenny uh, goes to BQ and goes, uh, Where's my money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, You know, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to need dough, and, yeah, we're in a good situation. But to me, Kenny's a guy you pay. You know, he's a guy yeah. that – you sort of take care of. I, I just even saw an interview from him just the other day, and I was just thinking, like, to me, this is the Lions' number one guy for the next, gosh, you know, five-plus years. You know, you know how the NFL is short, so I'll say five-plus yeah. years. He's only going to get better. He's, like you said, go up and get it. The body control, the the, the toe taps, the uh, the ability. He can even run and catch. People will act like he can't separate. I mean, mm-hmm. I see him run slants, catch it, get up field, you know, uh swagger but also like just that team guy which is great that's what you look for so looking for big things uh big things from him um Hughes we've talked in the past about Stafford having that signature win you know or or not being able to win against the big teams in the big spotlights I mean every Mm -hmm. time one comes around we're kind of like all right this is the time he gets it done okay here in Seattle in the playoffs no I just got tore up you know here here's the time against you know uh, so-and-so late in the season, you know, Green Bay, that one year when we needed everything on the line final game, doesn't get it done. You know, it's not all him, but, like, you know, do you have a signature win for Stafford in your brain, and then do you think this sets up as could be one from him if he just goes in and plays great football and walks out of Lambo with a big dub? Yeah, I mean, there's really, there's really two Stafford wins that stick out, um, and fortunately, you know, they were almost – like meaningless games, but obviously it's the Cleveland Browns game when he separates his shoulder and finishes the game that sticks out. And the other one is the, the fake um, spike quarterback sneak against the Cowboys to win it. That's yeah. the other one, but both of okay. those games are at home. So at one, I don't, I can't think of a signature road game because obviously, you know, we know all the stats because we hear them every time anybody ever plays the Lions on the road, how terrible of a road team they've been in the last 20 years. So there's right. no signature road game. And there really isn't a signature, like, national TV game. I mean, I guess you could look back to last year's New England game on Sunday Night Football, but, like, mm-hmm. that, wasn't, that wasn't because of Stafford. You know, Stafford didn't take over the game and whatever. So, like, I wouldn't say it was that game. So this is probably could be a huge signature road game for him. Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you with those ones you brought up. The only bummer is like the one was over ten years ago. The other one was probably you know six years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, just not these. I need late season W's when when you're kind of back against the wall. I need you know that playoff dub this year or next year. So I mean, even this one would be nice, but it's still not getting us. 
anything significant. It's not winning us a division yet. Yep. You know, it put us in a better spot. You know, I, I need to see him, you know, that, that second or third to last game of the year, we need it to win that wrap up the division in a home playoff game to go ball out. You know, okay. I need to see him, you know, we get in the playoffs, we got a game at Ford field and he just carries us to a dub. Even if a couple people are injured, like that's what I'm looking for from him. But as we said earlier, I've, I've loved what he's done this year. I'm not here to put too much on the guy. Cause I, there's not much more than I could have expected or wanted this year, except for I hated that fumble inside the 10 that I thought really cost us against the chiefs. But other than that, number nine has been living up and I would not mind having him as my quarterback for quite a while. If he keeps this up hundred percent. And like you said, I mean, a lot of these games have been October, November. There really been no December games it was a couple of years ago when they made the playoffs, they had the home game against green Bay. If they would have won, they would have won the division and they lost. So right. they've had they've had chances to have big games and they just haven't come through. So it's like it's like when you talk about Stafford, that's as far as he gets. He hasn't been able to like jump over that hurdle yet of winning a big game, winning a playoff game, that kind of stuff. Like that's the next step for him. So yeah. I'm hoping it happens. Oh yeah, it's got to. And to me, this is the first Stafford that we're seeing with with the team around him. You know, not only. Uh, a couple flashy offensive pieces. I mean, he's got a pretty grimy athletic defense, you know, even, uh, yeah. you know, the Tracy walkers of the world where me and you were kind of going, who, or it was that way too early. Like, I mean, that guy looks like a physical specimen and like a guy that you want to have in your playing safety position for quite a while now as a, as a third round pick. So I think Stafford can look around and he still has the arm. He still has the ability, the smarts, whatever. He's actually in better shape now than he was early in his career. And, uh, and he's got a team around him. So just needs to sort of uh, keep it going. And, and like you say, kind of, Will his team to some victories, not only now, but later in the season would be great to see. So, Hughes, I got a few more questions for you. Uh, you got a little bit more time here? Yeah, I got a few minutes. All right. Uh, before I get to this next one, I told uh, I told Paul from Tampa I'd get him in here. He shouted out on the uh, DKC listener line, had a little prediction. So I want to get Paul's call in because I told him I'd, I'd uh, get him in here as well as get you thinking because uh, you know that question's coming at the end of the day. So this was Paul. Everybody can call in the DKC listener line at 989-272-3484. But the only time I really like to call is Hughes is when people get in way early in the week or even midweek and call their shot. I'm not a big fan of these people that will call after the game and complain or call after mm-hmm. the game and say, oh, like I knew they were going to do this, right? You got you to gotta get ahead of the game. So this is Paul kind of calling his shout. Take a listen. Detroit Kool-Aid. This is Paul from Tampa. I'm packing my bags for Green Bay. Getting ready to tailgate with Oakley and Grand Kick Bricka. We're going to be pounding beers, grilling burgers, and slicing some cheese, baby. <laughs> Matt Pat's got two weeks to scheme against these overrated Packers. Hey, hey, Ron will be confused by the Lions' defense so much, he might think his family actually likes him. Yeah, he'll be that confused. My prediction, Lions 34, Packers 20. I see Danny Amendola getting two touchdowns, and the Lions also scoring a defensive touchdown. Roar! I'm out. <laughs> now, now, here's a couple things with that call. First of all, you know, you gotta love thirty-four twenty. I mean, I mean, that's oh, not only no. bold, uh, but that's good stuff. Um, you you gotta love a, a bold take of Danny Amendola coming off the pine, off the injury, and and getting two tutties. That'd be great. Mm. And then Paul from Tampa 
going to be hanging out with us in the parking lot in Green Bay, uh, doing all types of grubbing and hanging out and throwing the football. That's going to be incredible. Cannot wait to uh, to meet him, all his buddies. There's even been a whole bunch of other Lions fans that hit me up on Twitter. They're like, hey, we're going to be at the game. You guys got to come hang out. We love the podcast. So that's been awesome. But Paul from Tampa, don't think I'm not going to pull that roar out as a drop on the soundboard because, I mean, the roar was good, but it wasn't as good as one of Hughes' favorite guys on the show. Roll tide, baby. That's right. <laughs> it, it wasn't as good as, you know, good old Conrad. Hi, now. It's your boy Conrad down here in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> Conrad, you got to shout us out one of these days and get us on. You're like Hughes' favorite caller, man. It's crazy. So, you know, you got those two, you got the roar, and then you got one of my personal favorites. This is Todd, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my favorite Todd drop. Hold on. This is my favorite Todd drop. Hello. <laughs> my name's Todd. I still trying to figure out how Todd went from hello to I'm out, <laughs> but he went from one to the other in a call. So Hughes, we're going to need your prediction at the end of the show, but you got any rebuttal to what you heard from Paul there? No, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, his, like you said, his roar was pretty weak. It's like you know, when the, <laughs> the baby, the baby lion on Lion King does it when his dad's trying to teach him. It's like, Rawr! it sounded, sounded more like a cat than a lion, but that's okay. Off so all right. uh, let's let's play one of my favorite games. He's what's better, the the Paul from Tampa Roar, which unfortunately I don't have locked up yet uh, in the in the soundboard, or uh, <laughs> or one of my personal favorites, the Frank Ribble Double Wow. Wow! 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 <laughs> that I was mean, the quad, actually. That was the quad wow. It's almost like the same sound, but one is raw and one is wow. <laughs> It is similar. Wait, wait till yeah. I get those in. We're going to play those back to back all the time. It's going to be roar. And then you're it's going to be, uh, going to have to quiz Grifka and see if you can name that caller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grifka. What is this guy saying? Wow. Wow. <laughs> roar. He'll be, yeah, like, gonna be a good he'll game. Be like, I don't know. We missed the field goal. So I turned the show off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no doubt. But, uh, Oh, man. So, yeah, Paul, appreciate it, man. Can't wait for the game. I'm super hype. I know I've been chatting with you on Twitter saying, man, cannot wait to get in the parking lot. I'm, I'm looking to have all types of fun in Green Bay. And even if the team goes down early, you know me. I'm going to be in that, you know, 10th row off the field, whatever it is, just rooting on our team, you know, mm-hmm. ready to go. So, uh, you know, might have to put Griffin in a headlock if he starts complaining. But we'll see how that goes. Hughes, I got a few more for you. Um Lions defensive scheme. I mean, I don't even need to tee this one up. I mean, Matt Pat just drawing it up in the dirt, like putting some great game plans together. You got to love it and got to feel a lot more confident about him long term, the way he's been doing on the defense side of the ball. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, we already saw it with uh, the Chiefs and the Colts game. I mean, the, the freaking Colts wow. just replicated what the Lions did and shut down the Chiefs. I mean, the, the dude's literally a rocket scientist. So, like, there's no doubt that that's, wow. his, that's his strong suit, and he just has to become comfortable being the you know the head coach. So, yeah, I mean he can draw it up with the best of them. No doubt, man. He's uh, he's been great there. He's getting a lot of credit around the league for for being able to do that. I mean, basically just knocking out fools from the defense side of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I think he'll draw something up great in Green Bay. Hughes, uh, again, love having you on the show, man. Uh, season Absolutely. thoughts so far. Uh, 
you know, we're, what, four football games in and a bye week, heading into week six, ton of football left. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your general overall impressions? I know we've been talking about the game, but also just want to take that that higher view of what do you what's your outlook on this team? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, when last time I was on the show, I, I did a nine and seven and you gave me crap for it. So obviously, the, oh, team, the team is playing a lot better than I had anticipated, which is always great. Um but I also feel like how great they've been playing. They still haven't like put a full game together yet where you're like, Oh man, this team is just rolling, which is even better because they've every game they've played, they've had a chance to win. So is is this where I got to go off on you? Like I do on the the other guy, like you you hit me with, they're playing better than I thought. So that's a good thing. So that's my call Grifka out for low balling everything. Cause then he can be happy when they're good. And then, and then you also, uh, uh, what was that second one you hit me with? That was Grifka like just now. I'm forgetting. What did you just say? It was total. It was total Grifka. That they haven't played their best game. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, you're, you're going Grifka acting like we should just roll out of bed and beat people by forty. Like, no, what, not what do you at all. Want? It's, it's, what do you want? They played good ball. They've been playing good ball, but it just shows you like what the potential this team has, that it's not like one or two games, that it's a flash in the pan, that these guys are going to be good. It just shows you that the, we finally have a team that has long-term success in the future with a depth chart that can actually do something. You know, we've talked, we've had, we've had seasons before, right, where they started off good, but a couple injuries here or there, and our depth chart sucks, and the season's over with. You know, I finally feel like Bob Quinn's put a roster together, where, you know, if something happens where guys have gone down, like Amdola's been out, you know, a couple other guys, Davis is what was out for a little bit. Flowers is 100% healthy, but we're still putting games together and we're playing. And then we're just going to keep getting healthy. We're going to get hand back. Um, Slay's going to be back this week. I mean, we're getting guys better. And we just, we have the depth and we have the personnel finally to be good for the, the long haul. Okay, well, you circled back. I mean, I like that. Cornbread! And, and I like that now you're finally... Drink it in, man. But, like, you just got to understand, there's not going to be too many times this year where we just, you know, play an incredible game from start to finish, and, you know, going to beat a team by a good margin, then you're going to walk away going, all right, now I'm sold because no. it's the NFL. Like, every game is probably going to come down to the dang fourth quarter. I mean, I think I've had a couple heart attacks already this year with some of these ball games, and, like... That's what's crazy and so great about the NFL is like it literally will be basically fourth quarter games, probably three quarters of the season, you know, to go. We're just going to be one or two plays away either from victory or defeat. And that's right. what's crazy. So, but you're holding that. You're my, my point being is that they're finally in a position where they can get themselves to the fourth quarter and still be in the game. How long, how long have we dealt with having one or two good quarters and then just being over with? Oh yeah, well yeah, they so, have a, they got a solid team and and they are playing better football and like you you don't want them to get either blown out or to have you know big you know I I hate it when they have the big long touchdowns you know you get like a sixty yarder against you or you let somebody behind the defense and they get a huge touchdown but uh, like I say if they just play solid and the offense keeps doing what they're doing I I don't think you'll see any of those and but I also don't think you'll see any on the other side so you know I I, I agree with you it's it's good to be in football games but I mean I had to call you out on the Griff because I I just don't want the fans and people to be thinking like until we beat the hell out of somebody. Like we, no, we're not no. good. Like just win. I don't care if it's by one point or 30 points, just get a W hundred percent. And if you can't, if you can't win, then just tie, don't lose. 
<laughs> yeah, I I don't care, man. That you know, I'm not a big bummer over that tie. It was what it was. It wasn't a loss. So, so your whole nine and seven. I mean, we know that's already wrong. So it's pretty much this. It's a bad decision. Period. Oh. I'm like, it was a the dumbest decision I ever made. I could have went to. I could have went to the Grifka Waffle House and done 12 and 4, and then all of a sudden I'm going to say that they're 4 and 12. <laughs> oh, that's true. I uh, I love the Grifka preseason where he just forgets about everything and it's all lathered up in lion's butter, and then the first play that goes against us, he just quits on the, the team first, and the burns first jersey. The first incompletion of training gap. That's it. This team sucks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. F this team. They they suck. Hey, Griffka, you forgot you're on a Lions podcast uh, called the Kool Aid. You might want to be a little more optimistic, buddy. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, like you said. The other thing to be aware of it's it's early. Like we're playing good now. We got to continue to play good. So by mid to late in the season, we're saying, hey, everything's still on the table right now. I mean, I'm not talking this team up as world beaters yet, but I'm saying just keep playing like you're playing, and I think we'll have a really good, solid season to be proud of, no doubt. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Hughes. We got we got going a little bit there. Uh, kind of quick on this one, but I this is a question I always have to ask you when we get together. Um, the draft class, you know, that's yeah. our thing. We uh, spend months and months talking about the draft, texting about the draft, doing our draft boards, doing the draft sheet, which everybody loved that we sent out uh, on the, on Twitter. I'm sure that will only grow. But uh, what have you thought about this draft class overall from, uh, you know, Hawk at the top to some of the lower picks? Uh, give me your general take as well as maybe pick out a couple guys that have either impressed you or you think have high upside. Yeah, I mean, I think overall I've been pretty impressed with the Draft class so far, obviously, you know, Hawkinson came out of the gates swinging with his big game against Arizona. And, you know, we leaned on Tavai a lot with, uh, you know, Jared Davis going down. So he's been playing good. But I think the one guy for me that kind of started slow, but like he's slowly working into better and better, better is Will Harris, man. I think he's been pretty impressive. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Diggs got dinged up a little bit in Kansas City game and, and he came in and, you know, didn't make too many mistakes and, you know, it was around the ball a lot. So I've been pretty impressed with him. Um, real quick, uh, you know, Diggs got dinged up. He had the bye week. I really haven't heard anything about him. I mean, I feel like he's been on the practice report. You think he's a good go for Green Bay, right? Yeah. The only person that I think is, is questionable at this point is uh, Hawkinson. You do? I, I think he's a go, man. But, uh, oh, is he? Good. Yeah, he's been practicing full. I think he just needs that doctor clearance. But I would expect him to be out there. But Q, you know, when he went out of that game was my big concern. He's he's, he's pretty much one of, my, you know, one of my favorite players on the defensive side of the ball in the top three. You know, I love yeah. uh, Tracy nowadays. But uh, Diggs is just so solid as well as just such a baller. You know, he's just uh, that dog that I always talk about. Oh. I love that guy. For sure, and it was, it was incredible, like how he stepped up and stepped into the Glover Quinn role more so that like he took it over better than what Quinn was. You know, I initially thought that you know we would miss Quinn when he retired, but I feel like Diggs just stepped into that role and has done incredible. 
Yeah, yeah, I love him. I I hope that's a guy we can keep for a while too. He's still uh, decently young, as well as uh, you know, I think can only grow in that role. So uh, yeah, I like what you're saying. I I think Will Harris still has some um, room to grow, but like I told you, he's just really mature for his age. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's coming along now and he doesn't really even have a great opportunity the way Tracy and Diggs are playing. So right. he's kind of in on spot duty, but as long as he just continues to grow, keeps that good head on his shoulders, I think he'd be a good football player. And, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think, I was really disappointed in Travis Fulgham. You know, he just really yeah. hasn't worked out. I mean, I, I want to hope he's still on that practice squad or can sort of hang in there and, you know, he had some developmental qualities, you know, I didn't expect him really to come and take the world over, but I didn't expect him to be off the squad or do nothing either. So yeah. that's kind of been a bummer, but um, like I say, Tobias impressed me. He's been better than, than we thought. I mean, just solid, big guy, just can move good leadership. I like him a lot. Yeah. And like you said, on the the show a couple of days ago with Eric Schlitt, I'm like chomping at the bit to get Austin Bryan out there to see what he can bring to the table. Yeah, I brought I brought him up him in hand kind of to Eric. Yep. Then I also talked with Logan about him and like Logan was like most people just sort of like, well, I mean, he's down. I doesn't expect much. And I mean, this guy played for Clemson. This guy was a, a playmaker. This guy's a 290, 280 some pound outside backer slash defensive end. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't take him in the fourth round and trade up for him for no reason. So I think that he, he's going to like impressed because people aren't going to expect anything if and when he comes back you know kind right. of like, oh and brian's back oh no worries and then he'll come out and make a few plays i think that'll open people's eyes right and i agree and i feel like bob quinn has kind of found a niche that he's comfortable with going back to Ashan, where Ashan was a big school guy you know pretty pretty hyped and then drafted kind of slid so that happened with Ashan. i feel like the same happened with sean hand and the same happened with brian like you know, defensive tackles from big-time schools who at one point or the other were ranked pretty high but then just kind of slid down the board as the draft process got closer and closer. But, you know, we continue to grab those guys and have had success with them. So I'm sure that Brian will be the same. Yeah, I like that. I mean, obviously, Ashawn and him are, are different players. I mean, I could see, you know, Bryant being a nice backup to Kennard, you know, just being mm-hmm. a guy that's bigger, stout, can kind of move around, but also can be on that jack or be a – uh, hand type, put him at the edge, maybe move him inside, kind of move him around. He's a he's a big dude that can move, which you know, yeah. uh, again, that this defense obviously, you know, covets those type of players where other players they want those you know 100 and or 220 pound linebackers. You know, we're getting these big nasty beasts and and making it hard to run against them. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on all that. I think it's been another good draft class. I mean, when Bob Quinn hits in the first three rounds, I mean, that's pretty money right there. I mean, these guys are starting, as Eric said. You know, they got a role for them. They got plans for these guys. They're fitting the scheme. They're good guys, which, again, I know me and you talk sometimes about, like, not wanting to be choir boys, not wanting to be this, that, and the other. But there is something to be said about a guy that comes in as just a team guy, as a hardworking guy. You know, that's, that's pretty invaluable too when you go ahead and look at it yeah for so, sure excited about this class uh hughes final question man yeah. uh you heard paul you've heard me talk about it i got a ton i don't know if you were following them but i shouted out on twitter give me your predictions and man the kool-aid cast uh 
you know, fans and followers came through huge with tons of predictions. Of course, I retweeted the W's. I didn't uh, retweet the Grifkas where people were like, oh, my brain tells me I think the Packers will win by seven. Yeah, I, I, I left those just sit there because nobody wants to hear that. But uh, Hughes, the floor is yours. I want you to sort of lay out your score, but also how you see this game going down. So if it happens that way and give you mad credit. Yeah, so I think it's something that you talk about a lot and we talked about a little bit in this show is that they're never going to be a perfect game. So there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, no doubt. So there's going to be great plays that the Lions make. There's going to be terrible plays that the Lions make. There's going to be touchdowns for the Packers. There's going to be touchdowns for the Lions. It's just ride the roller coaster till it gets to the end. And at the end, when the bar pops open and you step off the roller coaster, you're looking at a 24-17 Lions victory. Woo! Oh, baby! Cornbread! Drink it in now. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Woo! <laughs> Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Oh, oh the mega coming. mix, Hughes. Oh, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, uh, just so many good sound bites, so much good positivity from you today. I mean, me and you know this is a huge football game. It's a division game. It's on the road. It's under the lights. It's national TV. I will be there in person. Grifka will be there. Paul from Tampa, the crack man. Uh, a whole bunch of other people that hit me up on Twitter are going to be there rooting on our Lions. I mean, just so hype. You don't even understand. So cannot wait. Um, also, just loved having you on the show, man. We don't get to do Absolutely. this a ton, but when we do, um, it's super fun to chop it up, talk Lions, uh, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid, and just be uh, rooting on our team, man. This is our squad. We've had a lot of ups and downs with this team, and we feel like now they're turning that corner and they have good football players, and we want to – want to embrace that man so just uh, hopefully they come up with some dubs and keep that record where it needs to be and we want that nfc north this year right no doubt no doubt and it starts with monday man we got to get this dubski gotta gotta get it uh so hughes thank you so much man everybody this was a bonus show i thought we'd give you something for sunday morning when you're sitting around going damn i still got as hughes would uh he's got the countdown clock probably 23 hours to uh to ball game when you get up uh get up there and get rolling on sunday so um you know hang in there enjoy football and by monday night they'll be kicking it off in lambo and we're gonna get this dub skid hughes said so thank you everybody thanks for supporting uh take care we're out Drink it in, man.